You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another awesome edition of the Ask Drone You news show. Following up from last week, we've got a great update on the new DJI drones. In addition to that, we also have an update on this, uh, you know, DOI kind of ban and what that looks like and what drones are really available. Not only that, we're going to have some updates on how drones are once again saving lives and so much more. Joining me as always today is the Flying Dutchman. If you were wondering, yes, he has a pirate flag at his house that says, surrender the booty. Haya, what's up with this uh, new update with DJI FPV? Hey, good morning, man. How are you? Um, we, uh, quick update is that what we suspected that was going to happen is the new DJI Mavic Mini 2 is going to get 4K video recording capabilities off of a 12 megapixel sensor. We're not quite sure if it's the exact identical sensor. I suspect it might be slightly different. We'll see. I don't expect the form factor of the uh, DJI Mavic Mini to change much at all, if, uh, if anything, really. However, 4K video from a small drone that's pocketable, that flies for about half an hour, even resists quite windy situations as well, I think is still something to get excited about. So I'm hoping we're going to see this well before the uh, uh, Q4 shopping season this year. Awesome. Awesome. I think we're going to see it and I'm excited for it. But essentially, this is just kind of further backing up what you had already discovered. Is it true that we're going to really get these drones in Q4 or did you find out that there might be a supply chain delay? Well, there were some question marks around uh, a couple of upcoming DJI products. Uh, based on the latest information, it seems that the FPV drone might be delayed into next year, but we're pretty confident that that will not be the case for the DJI Mavic Mini, and we are expecting that drone to make its way over before Christmas. Wow. Well, I, I, that's honestly really exciting. Uh, I am excited for the DJI FPV drone. I think it's really cool kind of how it leans forward perpetually. But that brings us into our next story. As we have been talking about on the news show for a while about the NDAA, right? The upcoming potential ban on either Chinese drone parts or Chinese drones in general. We even wrote the article and talked about it last week when Ontarian even leaked that they knew what was in this proposal as their new drones and the free fly drones would actually work inside of these requirements. Well, it looks like we've got even further information to validate what's going on with this supposed ban and this supposed ban for, well, federal agencies and anyone working under the Department of Interior to use certain drones. Haya, I'm not sure it's really clear here what the story is behind the fact that these blue SUAS drones are the only ones to be used by DOI because it looks like the blue UAS is not actually a manufacturer. So what's the story here, Haya? Yeah, it seems that Blue SUAS is more of a uh, self-made-up term by the uh, Department of the Interior just to identify a group of pre-approved drones, if you will. Of course, the big issue here is that the Department of the Interior decided to ground its entire fleet of 810 drones that were mostly 3DR solo drones and a few DJI drones. They've all been temporarily grounded. 
uh, for forever. But now this week, the Secretary of the Interior, David Bernard, sent a memo to the leadership of his department saying that they have a new group of drones, if you will, and they're called the Blue S UAS drones. And they're made up uh, of the five manufacturers that we already uh, mentioned earlier, Altavian, Parrot, Skydio, Teal, and Vantage Robotics. These are the five groups that are pre-approved. So pretty soon, anybody within the Department of the Interior should be able to buy these drones pretty quickly and smoothly. It doesn't mean that you will not be able to buy any other drones, but the procurement process will not be as smooth and not be as easy. It's kind of disappointing, I think, uh, that it's only limited to these five drones. I mean, if you remember, DJI worked hand in hand over a couple of months with the Department of the Interior to uh, create the government edition of a number of uh, DJI drones that were totally locked down in terms of data. So providing uh, the best data security possible, if you will. They have not made this list. They're not part of this group. Uh, so if you are within the department and you want to buy a DJI drone, it's not going to be that easy at all. I think it's really disappointing because DJI drones are very capable drones, but they're also very price competitive. And based on what I've heard off record is that these drones that are part of the pre-approved blue SUAS group are two to three times more expensive than some of the comparable DJI drones. So, uh, and all of them, as far as we can tell, still contain Chinese made parts. So neither one of these drones is totally American made. There's still Chinese made parts in them. And DJI even went as far to uh, start assembling drones here in the United States. Of course, they would include the uh, Chinese made parts as well. But in that sense, these drones aren't really any different. They just promise more data security. However, I would argue that DJI did the same with their government edition. So I'm not quite sure if this is a uh, completely level and honest playing field. It doesn't really seem like it. DJI uh, issued a response yesterday as well. Uh, they were not at all pleased with this outcome, as you can imagine. So um, unfortunate, but I think that companies like Skydio and Parrots and, and the other ones too have spent quite a bit of money on lobbying to making this uh, this possible for them. Yeah, and it seems like there's a lot that is being said about this lobbying, but the truth behind the matter seems, well, slightly different. I know you have more news coming out about that, Haya. Yeah, and it's uh, what I wanted to add to this story, actually, is if you go to a special website from the Defense Innovation Unit, where they basically list these drones and explains what these drones are all about, the requirements are listed here as well. And all these drones, so these are the ones that are the blue UAS drones, should have an operational range of more than three kilometers, which I think is what, 1.8 miles and more. I'm not even sure you can fly a Parrot or a Sky. 1.8 miles. So that's something I definitely want to try out soon. <laughs> yeah. How many miles is three kilometers? That would be 1.86 miles. 1.86 miles, Aya. Yeah, so it needs to be more than three kilometers, so more than 1.86. So you're getting really close to two miles. I've never flown a Parrot and Navi more than two miles, and I haven't flown my Skydio more than two miles either. Uh, and then also they require 30-plus minutes of flight endurance. So I'm not even sure if all these drones meet the requirements laid out here. It's kind of interesting. That is fascinating, Haya, because one of the things that I wanted to bring up, and I know you're working on this, is the BVLOS uh, you know, information that came out. The Drive put out that article, and if the Drive noticed, the article didn't go anywhere. And I think that that's because uh, it's it's there's well, it's like a half truth. And when you talk about the operational requirements for this equipment, 
the Skydio drone, I mean, I have trouble going past eight, 900 feet. You know, I, the Parrot Anolfi that we have flown, it could not go past a thousand feet. Um, and also both of those instances were at low elevation. So it was like really good flying environment. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, it really makes you wonder if these drones can't even meet the operational requirements set in, well, then why are they being approved? And then the next question is, okay, well, are there parts that could be used in these aircraft right now to get them to fly that distance? And if we look at the available parts that are on the open market right now, if we look at the HearLink system, right, which is a digital ETX system that's being used in some of these other drones that we're seeing from American manufacturers. The only problem is, Haya, is that the HearLink system is, that's right, from China. And it really makes you wonder, well, what other options are there? Things like Teradex? Okay, well, then we add $5,000 more to the drone, you know, and then we further increase the price point and we decrease the efficiency and we decrease really the point of having the vehicle in itself. So, Haya, I'm actually kind of happy to hear this come out that these drones, you know, really don't fit uh, the bill, literally. And yet they are being promoted as drones fitting the bill. Maybe the drone industry will wake up to this and say, hey, hold, hold on a minute here. Uh, no. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, and, and meanwhile, you have DJI government edition drones that will fly uh, easily more than uh, than two miles. So you have an alternative available as well. The one thing I wanted to point out, though, is that, as you know, as well, a lot of people who place their pre-orders for the Skydio drone are still waiting for their drone to arrive. And I know uh, firsthand that quite a few of those folks have canceled their orders because they're tired waiting. It makes you wonder, though, that now the Skydio also needs to produce drones for government orders. Are they going to prioritize those government orders before they start fulfilling some of those pre-orders from last year from consumers that are still waiting for their Skydio 2 drone to arrive? That's a solid question, Haya. I mean, we brought this up before that we've had members reach out to us asking questions about it, and I can't really help them, which is disappointing. In addition, it seems like the battle is just intensifying on Twitter between manufacturers And the amount of just outright lies and half-truths is just unbelievable. So I think what we're going to do here, Haya, is actually put out a video that's kind of a more honest comparison of these vehicles and what they're capable of. And just let the public make up their own decision. And the reason that we're putting out this video is not to poke Skydio or DJI, but rather provide a real apples-to-apples comparison. An objective review to showcase passionately one side and passionately the other side as well. Because in today's world, Haya, and all the misinformation, well, we have to then follow the rules of geniuses, which is follow the source. So we're going to give you source material, and we're going to give you everything that you need to know to make your own judgment. Because Haya, frankly, I think drone pilots should be able to choose which aircraft they want to fly. Because it's very clear that the FAA and some other government entities simply do not understand the practical aspects of flight and how to keep the aircraft safe in the airspace. And at some point, Hyatt, people are asking, you know, an agency's ability to regulate their sovereign domain is only as good as their credibility and authority with the people that they're regulating. 
Yeah. And uh, also, if, if you go back to data security, I mean, you can solve that issue with data security standards that the government could define. But to simply come up with this blue SUAS program, basically with these pre-approved drones, if you will, that are three times more expensive and not even half as capable as some of the other drones. I mean, in the end, it's a taxpayer who's going to foot that bill. I mean, we are in the end paying for the government to buy these drones when better and less expensive alternatives are available. And it's it's crazy to think that the Department of the Interior developed that government edition program together with DJI. It's been approved. It's been tested. Uh, they came up with all the requirements themselves, meaning the Department of the Interior. And then to not see those drones on this list, uh, I think is ridiculous, honestly. I couldn't agree with you more, Hi. I couldn't agree with you more. And when we live in a world where so many people whine and bicker and complain on social media, you know what inspires me is that people who focus on solutions. Not only that, but people who focus on solutions and then actually go out in the world and make them happen. And that's why I'm so excited to talk about people who are inspiring me, and they'll probably inspire you as well, as they're actually doing something to create more oxygen in the atmosphere. Haya, how is a drone making that possible? Yeah, this I, I love this story. Uh, it's a company called Drone Seat, and they are the first now to have received approval from the FAA to use their drones. And these are monster drones. I mean, they're they're humongous to basically seed and reforest post wildfire areas. So they're focusing on states such as California, Colorado, Montana, Nevada, Arizona, and New Mexico, your backyard. And these massive drones, they can carry payloads of up to 57 pounds. So that's just the payload that does not include the drone. And if you go to the article, you can see some pictures and a video as well. These are huge hexacopters, uh, massive drones. They're able to fly over areas that are uh, mapped out and then they drop these pellets, if you will, which are the seeds for trees as well as some uh, nutrition uh, to reforest those areas that have been burnt down by these wildfires. Now, this should not be any news to anybody who's regularly listening or watching this show. Drones can do this work much faster, much less expensive and more efficiently than can be done by uh, humans directly. So to use these drones and to be able to fly over these areas and just drop these, these seed pellets, if you will, is a very effective way to regrow burnt down forest. So I think it's super exciting. It's uh, one of those use cases of drones that people might not have thought about uh, a couple of years ago but sure enough these smart guys over here they came up with this idea they made it happen and they're now the first company that has received approval from the FAA to actually use the drone and uh, reforest and by the way these these big drones are not even flown individually they're flown in swarms of five of them so can you imagine five of those monster drones covering an area and just dropping all these pellets and basically replanting your forest I think it's very awesome I think it's really cool there was a guy here out of Santa Fe. Uh, his name was Elon, and he was trying to do something else. This was like seven, eight years ago, and I wonder um, if those two are connected. But it's great news, Hyatt. Honestly, it's really cool. There's a big area of northern New Mexico that was burned. I mean, you can literally see it as you're driving up I-25. It makes me wonder if maybe you drive at the right time, you might see a fleet of large aircraft uh, saving the world. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
It'd be nice if we can uh, get in touch with them and find out if and when they're going to go to uh, New Mexico and see if we can uh, interview them and get some footage from what they're actually doing in the field. Yeah, maybe then you'll move to the West Coast. And on that bombshell, that brings us to our next story, which is Haya's surfing would be so much better if he were out here in the West or Baja, Mexico, who am I to talk? But that being said, it looks like people who love to fly drones, well, they're making surfers a lot happier. No, they're not just feeding their ego with great video. No, something so much better. Haya, how are drone pilots keeping surfers safe? Yeah, unfortunately for this story, we, uh, we are leaving the United States again. We have to travel all the way across the world to Australia, one of those countries where a lot of the uh, exciting stuff with drones is taking place. Uh, Australia is also... Isn't it amazing what of- you can do in that regulatory environment? Okay, sorry for interrupting you. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, like Rwanda, Congo, Australia, uh, England even. There are a lot of places where the regulations aren't as restrictive as they are here in the United States. But anyway, in Australia, you have a lot of sharks and you also have a lot of beaches and people swimming and people surfing. So what they've done there for the last couple of years is the uh, lifeguards along the beaches use drones to patrol the beach areas and check the waters for any predators such as sharks. And now we've seen uh, video footage of a um, previous uh, surf champion, former surf champion, Matt Wilkinson, who was in Bellina and he was, he's paddling a surfboard and you see this shark like swimming around, coming right up to him from behind, like really, really close, uh, seemingly about to bite his leg off basically. And then at the last moment that shark turns around and swims away. The guy in the water heard a splash, but he didn't see anything he said. But then later on the beach, when he reviewed the video footage from the drone, he totally freaked out because it was a five foot white shark that basically swam up to him and checked him out for lunch. Scary story. Luckily, it ended well for him. I think the uh, the main takeaway here is, though, that in Australia along, I think it's 24 different beaches in New South Wales, they're using drones to patrol those waters and to make sure that uh, the beachgoers, the swimmers, the surfers are kept safe from these predators. And I think that's another great example of how you can use drones to keep people safe and to make the world a slightly better place. Couldn't agree more, Haya. It's honestly really cool to see, and it's really cool to see what you can do in an environment that understands that drone pilots, that's right, are the safest group of pilots in aviation history. But hey, who am I to make database decisions? I'm not. But someone else is making database decisions as they realize that drones are a powerful tool to inspire, motivate, and educate the youth. Haya, what's going on here in uh, the one state that when you grow up in Virginia, you don't like to talk about, which is West Virginia? (laughs) West Virginia, exactly. A lot closer to home, at least for me. Uh, But students in West Virginia are getting very excited uh, because their high school, and this is the uh, Parkersburg High School, has a robotics program in which uh, they basically teach students how to fly drones. And this is all from programming a drone and learning how to fly the sticks, as well as drone maintenance and drone rules and regulations to make sure you fly your drone safely and responsibly. This program has been in existence for nearly three years now. And in the first year, the kids or the students mainly fly indoors and they use the uh, DJI or Rice Tello drones. Remember those toy-like drones that I think you can buy for like 80 bucks. 
they're not the best drones in terms of their flying capabilities, but they're inexpensive and they get the job done in the sense that it will teach you how to fly a drone uh, in the most basic way. In the second year, the students are being taken outside and they fly DJI Mavic Pros. So not the latest model, but still in terms of having to fly a drone, a, a very good model to start with. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that there weren't Phantoms included. And I think you'll agree that if they were to use Phantoms, it'd be nice if you can teach kids to fly in Eddy mode as well. But nonetheless, they got the Mavic Pros to fly with. And this is a program that was funded by a state grant and a grant from the Wood County Technical Center. So they, they took a grant money, put it to use, and I'll read you a quote from one of the students. And he said that, I'm just glad that the school got to offer this drone program, the tools that we need and everything are expensive. And I'm just very excited to be able to fly. I'm excited to help the teachers and I'm super interested in flying drones. And I think if you want to get kids into like engineering and more technical aspects of a, of a high school education or even college, I think drones offer a very, um, how do you say that, a very attractive way to get people excited and interested in it. Because like you know and I know, it's fun to fly drones and it's exciting to fly drones. So awesome story. It is an awesome story to see the kids get that opportunity. And I'm not sure a high standard of learning attitude mode is that important. Yeah, I'm disappointed. But look, it's just a great example of why only experienced people should be teaching drones. I think it also goes to show, you know, once again, that like there's value outside of the traditional schooling system, because that system is not really set up to allow for systems for true uh, education. But let's focus on the positive here. There's so much good when kids get an opportunity to get their hands on these aircraft and really just put their foot in the door. It's that opportunity to, you know, really get to experience how awesome drones are without pouring a bunch of money into it. And for that, that's awesome. And honestly, Haya, I, I hope that more schools get into this. You know, here at Drone U, it's something that we would love to offer to schools. And we're actually working with one school district to help set up the right STEM program to help those schools. So if you are interested, check us out, thedroneu.com or droneu.education, and let us know how we can help. But Haya, thanks again for giving us all this news this week. Uh, it's nice to see that all those leaks were confirmed. Yeah, uh, exciting stuff this week, and I'm sure we'll have uh, more interesting news coming up uh, shortly. So uh, stay tuned, stay, keep watching, and make sure that you subscribe to this channel. Definitely. Hiya. Thanks again, brother. I really do appreciate it. And from the Flying Dutchman all the way here to the sunny state of Nuevo Mexico, thank you for joining us. If you have a question, go to askdronu.com, smash that subscribe button, and let us know what you think of the show. We will see you next week as this industry, well, is only ramping up. See you soon for next week's show of Ask Drone You News Edition. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.